There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Mastercard. On this week's episode, we review Australia's emphatic 279-run win over New Zealand in the third domain test and look back at the entire test summer. Here to do that for the final time this season is Australia off-spinner Nathan Lyon. Welcome, Nathan. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me. First things first, how's that thumb of yours? Uh, thumb's okay. Just more uh, disappointed I dropped a pretty, silly, a pretty simple catch in my eyes, so... So my, I have high standards in my own fielding and especially off my own bowling and unfortunately I just let one wicket walk away. Now you've got a sore thumb to remind you. I thought it was an extremely sore thumb but uh, it is, we'll just suck it up and get on with it. But it's, it's not broken so that's a good sign. No, not broken, not broken, just so, just a basically a burst laceration um, as a hand specialist told me today. So had the x-ray all clear. Um, so I think I'm going to unfortunately miss a couple of big bash games just so it fully heals up. But um, no, I'll be right to go in a couple of weeks. Burst laceration sounds nasty. Yeah, it doesn't look too pretty. <laughs> okay, we're going to start off with our Mastercard moments of the past week. Lots to choose from on the field, but I think you've gone for one off the field. Uh, yeah, my Mastercard moment has to actually go out. A big shout out has to go out to all the firefighters and all the volunteer firefighters tackling all the blazers around the country. It's it's um it's a natural disaster disaster what's happening and i think it's um, pretty special that we keep um identifying and and saying thank you to all these brave men and women out there fighting the fires and trying to help save properties and lives um all around australia absolutely and you guys have played your part you've auctioned off shirts and you the the, the bowling attack of donated some money for all those wickets you captured in the Sydney test? Uh, yeah, so it was a little thing that the bowlers got together and uh, we just said, what can we do to help out? And um, there was a little discussion of just how about we just do $1,000 a wicket and so it works out to be 20, 20 grand from the bowling bowling cartel um, off the back of that Sydney test match. So it's only a small little donation in the big scheme of things, but hopefully that will go go towards a, a few things to hopefully help um, a, a lot of people out there who uh, have been sadly affected by the fires. Is it split up evenly four ways, or do you have to pay half of it because you took 10 wickets? Um, <laughs> yeah, James Pattinson and Pat, <laughs> and, and Pat Cummins tried to get out of it, but uh, no, it was agreement that it will be split evenly, but... Um, yeah, otherwise it was a pretty expensive catch for um, Pato. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my Mastercard moment, uh, I'll go a similar route to, to Shane Warne for auctioning off his baggy green cap, uh, one of the most prized possessions of any Australian test cricketer. Uh, Warne wasn't a fan of wearing one uh, back in the day. used to prefer the white floppy, but nevertheless uh, a proud Australian test cricketer. He's auctioning it off, and uh, last I heard it was going for about Three hundred thousand dollars, which is incredible. Currently, I just saw on Channel Seven News at three three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. So, is that right? So I think there's still two days left in the auction. So, yep. Sam, if you want to 
dig deep in your pockets and uh, might get that bay green that you've been Unfortunately, after. my bit of $200,000 has been pipped, so I couldn't go any, couldn't go any higher than 200 k But oh, uh, stiff. You, you guys, I mean, didn't Pat Cummins just get a $3 million IPO deal? Yeah, it's well, only 10% for him. Well, I don't think Pat wants another bag of green. I think he's got one and like I think he wears his around round home, so I don't think Does he it? needs another one. So, um, yeah, I don't think Pat will be digging deep. I don't know. He could have one for his house and one for when he plays. Yeah, it's true. Or, or Becky could wear it, I guess. So yep. It's a little bit different. Talking about moments on the field, uh, a lot happened at the SCG test. We're going to look at that quickly before reviewing the test summer. Um, 10 wickets for you, Nathan. Didn't get man of the match. Got pipped again, Marnus Labuschagne. Uh, yeah, the bowlers are a little bit disappointed about that because um, <laughs> we always say what ten wickets in the game is probably worth. What what a Davy score three hundred and thirty, so that's around eight wickets in the game mm. that all the bowlers reckon. So uh, ten wickets is probably probably around three fifty mark if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, a bit bit uh, disappointed, missed out on that minute of the match. But uh, to be honest with you, hats have to go off to Marnus. He's had an absolutely incredible summer since uh, coming into the side after Joffrey hit Smithy, and um, yeah, he, he thoroughly deserved it. Two hundred, uh, it's no mean feat. So it's pretty pretty special to um, to be able to sit there in that change room and watch Marnus go about his business. Business. So it's uh, yeah. Hats off to Skull. You've done that a lot this summer. Four hundreds of him, nearly nine hundred runs across the five Test matches. Did you? Uh, could you possibly have expected him to go so well? Um, I, I think if you if someone if someone's saying that you're going to score eight hundred ninety six runs in in the series um, over the summer, uh, I think a lot of people these days will say you're kidding yourself, type thing. But. Uh, uh, credit has to go to credit, um, to Marnus. Uh, the way Skull's been training at training, uh, his preparation, uh, he's fit and he's just hungry to score runs and he wants to become the best in the world and he's got a long way to, to catch Smithy and, and Virat and, the, and Kane Williamson, these guys. But um, for a start, a young man in the start of his career, he's absolutely batting the house down. So I'm really excited to see how he goes in the white ball. Oh, in the coloured clothing. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. The skull nickname's not going away, is it? No, no, he's a dead ringer. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he must love cricket if he's playing a whole day's worth of test cricket and then going home and playing it on the uh, the test match board game. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? it is, oh, yeah, it, it just shows how strange our batters are, to be honest with you. Well, he must all, the bowlers are going, his all the bowlers are going home. Um, chilling out with the family partners and everyone, and Marnus and Paney and Smithy and Burnsy are going down to the team room after playing six hours of cricket and playing another two hours and, and scoring a test match between them. <laughs> Come on. Come That's on, That's right. Uh, like we said, another great performer in Sydney was yourself taking 10 wickets. Um, talking to some of your teammates, they said that you had a little peek at the honours board, noticed your name wasn't there and uh, said about that, uh, correcting that. And you did it twice in the same match. Who said that? Pat. That was uh, Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark. No, shock me. <laughs> shock me. Um, oh, yeah, obviously playing, playing a test at your home ground and in front of your family and friends, it's, it's obviously pretty special. But, uh, yeah, to take uh, 10 wickets in, in the test match, it uh, probably haven't set in yet. Obviously pretty tired after the game finished yesterday, so... And we've been flat out getting x-rays on, on my finger today, so I haven't really had the opportunity to sit down and really think think back about the game and the series. But, yeah, obviously it's pretty special to 
take take ten wickets and um, lead help lead your country to a, a test match victory against against New Zealand. So it was yeah, it was great. I really really enjoyed it. I went the only one to reach a milestone. David Warner, twenty fourth test match hundred. Uh, he really pushed the game along in Australia's second innings on a wicket that didn't look like it was easy to score on, but he scored a, a fair clip. Yeah, uh, yeah. David showed his class um, and shows. Showed his ability to score big runs in the second innings, where a lot of people can find it quite difficult to to score runs on on challenging wickets, and when the wicket is going up and down or spinning. So um, yeah, has has to go off to David. He was able to um, move the game quite forward um, quite quickly, and uh, allowed us to um, allowed Tim to um, make the decision when to declare. And I thought Payne was absolutely exceptional. Um, I think Payne has been exceptional for a long time, period of time now, but uh, he was even better this game. See David Warner with the trademark leap and does the big punch in the air for his century. Have you ever thought about coordinating a five-wicket hall celebration? Um, you raise the ball a little bit, but is there some sort of signature yeah, Nathan there's, Lyon? There's a bit of mayo on the batter's celebrations, isn't it? <laughs> See, in my eyes, scoring 100 is taking four for. Mm. So that's... That's my personal view, and I'm pretty sure the cartel's with me there. So we don't when when Mitch gets forfeit, you don't see him jump up and twenty five runs and, a wicket, you reckon? And and do a bow and all that stuff. So you mentioned Tim Bain just before uh, some fantastic glove work. Not only this Test match, but the whole series is is he as sharp as you've ever seen him? And then you've you've bowled to some pretty handy keepers. Uh, both the national team and the state level. Uh, where does Tim rank in terms of glove work amongst those? Uh, I think Tim is uh, by far the best keeper in the, in the world, to be honest with you. Uh, his gloves um, or his hands are unbelievable. And to, as a spin bowler, and to have that connection with with his keep with your keeper, um, it's it's pretty special, to be honest with you. I had it with Brad Haddon. Um, but Tim Payne, um, yeah, he he's hungry to get better. He's he's enjoying the challenge of of captain of captaining the country. Um, and yeah, as I said, his his glove work is exceptional. And just the sound of the ball when it goes into his gloves, you can you you get a high amount of confidence uh, when when Tim Payne's behind the stumps with the gloves. So yeah, in my opinion, he's the best in the world. Mm. Uh, and Coach Justin Langer said after the Ashes that Australia really wanted to focus on winning after you'd won. But this this summer, five wins from as many games, is that a real focus for you this summer? Uh, yeah, I think it's been unfortunate trend for uh, the last little bit. Um, we we've been able to get ourselves in a position of winning the first first game of the series, and we'll then unfortunately if we didn't back it up in the second or third or fourth or, or fifth games where, where it may be but uh, I think that's a real big focus for us if we want to become the number, number one team in the world we need to be more ruthless um, and we need to be uh, probably hungrier to, to, to really put the foot on the throat top, top um, thing to really when, you're, when you are on top of the team you don't let the other oppositions uh, get back into the game and I think it's a great quality that we can build into a young cricket side with a good balance of um, some senior players and some up and coming young exciting cricketers so yeah I think um, it's it was a bit it, well it has been a big um, big thing that we need to concentrate on and I know I've pointed that out in the 
in the first win of each each series uh, during out the song, I actually mentioned that we need to make sure that we who the next game against Pakistan in game two or the game two against New Zealand that we have to make sure our preparation is is key again and that we're performing to our best ability and making sure that we're playing the Australian way. We didn't actually talk about the team's song. Who did you call out this time? Um, Manus, David, uh, Manus, Manus again, Skull. The test player of the series. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty special at the moment, Skull. Um, uh, then uh, some bloke took 10 wickets, so pointed him out, but then, then we just carried on and just uh, <laughs> the boys had a few beers and enjoyed each other's company and had a good debrief. Fantastic. Uh, and the final thing of the Sydney Test match, um, Ross Taylor achieved uh, a milestone for himself, becoming New Zealand's leading test run scorer. He was emotional after the game, knowing how much it meant to him to beat um, Martin Crowe's record or Stephen Fleming's record, but Martin Crowe, his mentor, told him he wanted to uh, break that record one day to become New Zealand's leading test run scorer. You've played a lot against Ross. What's he like as a competitor? Uh, firstly, Ross is a great guy and... Um, I had a really good chat to him after the game in the sheds and and I, I did, passed on my congratulations to him and uh, he, he was pretty humble about it and he didn't really want to talk about it to be honest, I got the feeling but uh, yeah, it's an incredible feat to um, to be your leading run scorer for your, for your country, you can, can only imagine what that, that feeling's like so yeah, hats off to Ross, um, he's one hell of a competitor, um, he takes the game uh, towards the bowler, which is which is a different challenge, but uh, yeah, no, he's he's been, it's been a great to play against him, and he is one of the greats of the game. He would have been sick of bowling team when he got that near on triple century in Perth. Yeah, four, four or yeah, five I was, years sick ago. Of, I was sick of bowling on that wicket to be honest <laughs> with you, but uh, yeah, no, he, his high score has come against Australia, so which is not the greatest thing I'm proud of. Let's review the test summer. Uh, how are you feeling physically? I know your thumb's not great, but uh, how are you feeling body-wise after five tests this summer? Um, yeah, apart, apart from th- um, my thumb, it's pretty. It's been pretty, um, pretty nice. We've been, but actually been able to um, have a little bit of rest throughout games, and our hats have to go off to our batters for allowing us to have that bit of bit of rest and. I've said it before and I'll say it again, majority of the time if uh, batters are able to give us a day off, day or two off throughout a test match, um, we'll win you most games of cricket by taking taking 20 wickets. Uh, but saying that, um, off the back of the, the World Cup, the Ashes, into the Australian summer and all the test cricket done for this year, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, a relief to have, have that um, box ticked and um, no doubt I'll sleep well for the next few nights, that's for sure, but... Uh, yeah, it's been good fun and really enjoyed it. It's been handy, all these games wrapping up in four days and as you said, the batters are batting for at least one of those and the bowls can just sit back and watch. Yeah, watch Marnus and David bat most of the time. Yeah, it's been, I know Steve Smith's been quite itchy and he, he, he wants to get out there and back to scoring all the runs but um, yeah, it's been very healthy for Australian cricket with the, with the big boys up, up top there scoring the majority of the runs which has been fantastic. So five tests, uh, four days each. How did you rate the pitches this summer? Um, pitches this summer, I think they've been all pretty good, to be honest with you. I think they're all been different, um, and that's what, as Australian cricketers, that's what we want. We don't want to go to the same venue or different venues and have the same same type of wicket. Um, I still think Adelaide's probably the pick of the wickets in my eyes. Um, it, it's contest between bat and ball. Majority of the game is is brilliant, um, but saying that, I think Gabba's has been exceptional. So is the Wacker. 
and even the MCG and here in the SC, um, SCG, I thought it was absolutely. Oh, it was up the stadium. Wasn't the stadium, it? yeah. Um, but yeah, I think all all wickets around the country. I think that's have to go off to the curators as well, and they've done a pretty good job. And considering the bit of press around the MCG, I think Paige you did a great job down here, and I think Adam and Adam and the SCG boys here they. Uh, they did an exceptional job to try and get the characteristics of of the old SCG here, which was probably pretty similar to back in the day, I dare say. Didn't look like there were too many games where the pitch just didn't play a part. I mean, it felt like that, especially um, Melbourne and those uh, earlier test venues in the summer, a little bit in the wicket for the fast bowls to begin with. And then as the game went on, started to turn a bit more. I mean, you got four wickets in the second innings in Boxing Day, uh, and then you took 10 here. So it uh, seems like there's a bit for everything there. Uh, yeah, and that's what we want. That's what we want around the whole of the whole of Australia. And it doesn't matter who we're playing against. We want a great con- contest between bat and ball. And uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the whole curators throughout Australia—they're doing a, they're a fantastic job at the moment. This time last year, twelve months ago, uh, Australia just surrendered the Border Gavaska Trophy. Mm. I just surrendered it because I don't think you had it. But anyway, you lost against India on home soil for the first time. Uh, Geez, you've come a long way as a group in a year. What do you what do you put that down to? I think um, the consistency of having a similar squad around the whole time. I think that's that's got a big role to play, and I think our preparation um, going into all our test matches has been spot on. To be honest with you, I think uh, when we feel like we're a bit tired, um, we, our preparation has been probably chill out a little bit more. Trust your skill that you've been able to do, but. When the boys felt like they they need to hit more balls or bowl more balls, I think we've they've gone out and done that. So I think our quality of our training sessions have been exceptional and really put us in great stead to go out and perform out in the middle. And I think we've just been able, very very lucky to get um, our reward from all the work that we've been able to put in um, away from the training ground, but also on the training field as well. So it's yeah, it's been it's been quite an enjoyable summer. And just outside of, of Smith and Warner, they've obviously come back in and brought a lot of runs with them. But what else do they add to their group, which isn't on the field in terms of their, their runs and their catching and bowling? I think they're both X factors. You obviously know what they're going to do with the bat, but I think um, they you also have that presence when you've got Steve Smith and David Warner in your side. I know um, a lot of bowling opposition is probably... Um, get a little bit nervous when they come up against someone like David and, and, and Steve. So they've obviously brought someone back. But to be honest with you, I think the way Travis Head is going about his business, Travis is he's flying under the radar at the moment. He's close to average in 50 in his first, I dare say he's probably played about 15 test matches now. Um, I think he's been exceptional. Uh, enough, enough said about Skull. Um, but then you look at Wadey and and Burnsy and, and Paney, I think everyone's been playing their role. Um, so I think that's a big big key factor in, in our team success over the last thing. There's not been one person leading the way. It's been a whole collective and it's been a, a different people who've taken the opportunity to um, really put their mark on the game. So it's been, it's been, yeah, as I said, it's been a really enjoyable summer. So hopefully we'll... Have a good. Hopefully, the boys will play well in India and have a good end to the season with uh, white ball cricket. So the last time Australia won five tests out of five uh, in a, at a home summer was 2013-14, that Ashes series. Mm-hmm. Which team's better, that team or this team? Mm. 
Oh, it'd be a good game. It would be a good game. It would be. You're the only game. constant in the bowling attack. Yeah. And batting is fairly different too. Yeah, so there's only Warner, Smith, myself, isn't there? Yeah, I reckon. Um, yeah, it'd be, be a good game. I don't know. I think you got to. I think we're different. We're different teams. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard, hard one to say because they're so totally different. You got the quality of. You look back there. You got the quality of um, Clark, Watson, uh, Haddon, Rogers, Rogers. Mm-hmm. These guys. Then you got the X factor of Harris, Siddle, and Johnson with the ball. So it'd be fun to watch that Johnson and Harris up against. Warner, Lubber, Shane and Smith. Oh, I'm back in the bowls. Yeah, you're back in the bowls in there. Mm. Yep, I'm back in. Well, Mitch Johnson that summer was virtually unplayable. You look at Ryan Harris, he's mm. another one that flies under the radar. Um, yeah, so it's, that's a hard question. I think it would be one hell of a game, but unfortunately we're not going to see it. Well, I'll tell you what, Cummins versus Clark would have been interesting too. There's a lot of good matchups there. Start yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm back in the bowls. Bowls on both sides. Hmm. Might be a low-scoring game. 100% will be a low-scoring game. <laughs> so we know that you're not a fan of five of four-day test matches. Mm. Virat Kohli agrees with you there. we on the same so page, Virat. You and Virat are on oh, the same page. Thank finally. There's some common ground there between you two. Um, what about day-night tests? We saw two this summer. Um, didn't see them in the uh, the marquee matches, Boxing Day and the SCG. I think it's going to continue. But how many do you want to see a summer? We've got two out of five this time. There's going to be five test matches next summer. Are you happy with sort of two out of five being the way um, to go? I think, I think it's actually quite important that um, we don't overcook what's working really well. Um, I think the, the pink ball test match in Adelaide um, really suits Adelaide conditions. I think the wicket there that Damien produces really suits a pink ball. Um, I think the Adelaide public really gets around. I think a pink ball in Adelaide basically is a must in my eyes. But I'm happy to see red ball everywhere else. I don't think I think it's important that Cricket Australia we don't overcook the pink ball games. I Too think much, yep. yeah, I think it's it's been fantastic at the moment and, and it's working really well. Uh, I'm a fan of it, but I would like to see red ball dominate test cricket rather than pink ball yeah I don't, no, I don't think SCG should have the pink ball because I can guarantee the fielders will not be able to see the ball yeah the, the pink test yeah absolutely I think it worked quite well uh, from a fans perspective at the at Perth Stadium I know that, I know it was a, a late finish in the in the eastern states but uh, a lot of people I spoke to over here have I mean, enjoyed it I mean they just love watching test cricket and when it starts at four in the afternoon they can watch it all the way through the night a little bit different for the players but um Pink ball seemed to work okay over there. Yeah, yeah, the pink ball did work good, over there. It's a good pitch too, though, because it does offer a bit of pace and bounce. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But uh, my, they, this is just my. You're opinion. a traditionalist. I, I, yeah, I am, and I just don't think we should overcook the pink ball, which has been working, um, working well. I think it's important to to have one and and do do one really well rather than not do the other one so well. So mm. that's my that's my personal view. And your summer, looking at we're looking across the whole summer. Your summer, twenty-seven wickets in five matches. I think statistically, it's your best home summer you've ever had. Certainly mm. in terms of well, wickets number one, but also average and strike rate. Do you reckon this is the best you've bowled? Um, yeah, I was only talking to Emma about that just before. Um, I th- yeah, it, it's it's hard. I haven't really sat back and thought about it yet. I only saw the stat there pop up on my phone just before, but. Um, 
yeah, obviously I'm very proud of proud of it. But um, I think you got to look at the the bowling tact that I'm very fortunate to be in, be involved in. It's I, 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 in my eyes, it's the best bowling tact in the world, and and I'm very grateful to to be a part of that. But uh, yeah, is it as well as I'm bowling? Um, uh, no, probably not. No, I think I can get better. But no, if, I mean right now though. Right now, I've got a busted thumb. I don't think it's... We're not going to bowl today, though. <laughs> no, I bowled else, the whole where, game with it. When else do you think you've bowled as well as this? I mean, I look back at that 20, was eight, uh, 17 India tour. You bowled very well there. And then you went to, it was a Bangladesh. You took 20 odd wickets yeah. in those two games. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like I've been pretty consistent over the last um, few years. Um, but I feel like I'm still trying to get better each and every day. And that's what I'm really enjoying about off break bowling. I think. I won't conquer the art of spin bowling. I think I've got so much to learn about it. So I, I still think my best days are, are yet to come. Here I am thinking that that was a deliberate slider with the Ravale LBW. It's just oh, an perfect off, ball, wasn't it? Off spinner didn't spin. Smoke, smoke and mirrors, Sam. <laughs> Let's finish with some Test Summer Awards. And Ricky Ponting has gone on cricket.com.au and given his uh, MVP, his best catch, best innings best wicket, um, best delivery, all that type of stuff. Head to the website and the app to check that out. We're going to give you some more obscure ones. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to go through them, but okay. Well, unless you want to, but... Uh, I'll do both. We'll leave that stuff to Ricky. Um, we're going to go through some some, some interesting ones. Okay, let's start with uh, some best trainer. Best trainer. Um, it's actually going to go to Skull. Manus. Oh yeah, Manus. Manus loose bus change. Um, he's he's forever trying to get better in in every area. He's putting a lot of work into his leg spin, um, which I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of his bowling. So um, yeah, best trainer has to go to skull. Biggest pest. Warner. Warner. Yeah, by a long way. Straight up. What what about him? What's 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 the, some of the stuff he does? It's David. Is it not? Is it pranks or is it just no, no, buzzing just, around and? It just doesn't shut up. <laughs> he actually said that about Manus. We sat to him on the field after one of the days. He said that uh, Manus doesn't keep quiet either. Yeah, Manus talks a lot as well. But not as annoying. So it's absolutely brilliant when they butt for long periods of time. They're, they're batting together. <laughs> How about the teacher's pet? I think you might have revealed this on a previous podcast. Oh, there's a few. Well, yeah. the, well the one you've thrown up earlier is Pat Cummins, oh, the yeah, vice captain. It, yeah. Um, but Travis said another vice captain is, is teacher's pet, very it's much so. becoming clear why these guys have got these but leadership t- positions. Do you actually who is the biggest? This isn't a player. The biggest teacher's pet is Aaron Kellett, our strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, right. With the coach. He's, he is the biggest teacher's pet. Peace in a pod. Yep. There you go. I might have to run an extra couple of yeah, you know, kilometres now. You're just going to have to so couple of run a three extra. <laughs> uh, how about the messiest? Um both Skull and Smithy, it must be doing something to be in the top five best batters in the world. You just, they just think you're able to throw your gear anywhere and everywhere. Right. Mitch Stark and I and MCG actually had to put a couple of pieces of tape down to Marnus and actually say, this is your area. If you have any gear over that, I will walk that gear up to the crowd and give that crowd out, that, that gear to the crowd. So, like he, he he behaved and he didn't throw any bats or any gloves over there. Who's got more gear out of those two? Oh, Smithy. Smithy still carries around 15 bats and 40 pairs of gloves. I don't know. what Does he need it all? Apparently. No, I try and get a bat off him every day, but he doesn't give me one. Doesn't give you one. Jeez. Uh, how about the cleanest then on the other end of the spectrum? It's actually Mitch Stark, actually. 
So having those next to each other is just yeah. polar opposites. Mitch, Mitch as Stark, neighbors. Yeah, he, he's yeah, he's ultra clean. He's um, forever packing his kid up and he, always presents well. Doesn't yeah, he? yeah, he's yeah. Even the writing on his wrist is very neat. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He won't get me to write it for him. So, um, yeah, no, it has to go to Mitch Stark. Okay, yeah. You might have already mentioned this earlier in the summer as well. The tightest. Oh, there's a heap of them. Heap of them. Tim Payne's probably I mean, the biggest. Yeah. Tim you get Payne. the captain's salary as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I know that. Um, and, and even Pat, actually. He, he's pretty tight. But there's a few. Joe Burns is another one. Yeah. So, Matty Wade's pretty good. He, he'll buy a beer every now and then. I was going to say most generous. Um, Apart from yourself. And I mean the bowl. I mean everyone's donating to great causes. But uh, Probably uh, have to go to Josh Hazelwood, most generous. Yep. Doesn't mind just getting yeah, around. No, he gets, he gets around. Looks after everyone. A couple more. We've got uh, the loudest. Now you said that Warner doesn't stop talking, but is he also the most... Yeah, vocal. Warner. Yeah, yeah. Warner, yep. Warner and Skull. Loudest. How about the quietest? Um, Travis Head probably. Yep. Oh, it depends. Yeah, depends on the time of the day, but yeah, probably Travis. <laughs> um, and finally, lots always made about this, and we're becoming more and more intimate with the players, with the stump cams and spider cams, and all those um, well, they drinks interviews and all that stuff. The player access has been. Has never been better. So who's got the who's got the worst banter and the best banter in the team? Oh, Tim Payne's got the best banter by a long way. The worst banter would have to go Joe Burns. He's yeah, not really sure what he's thinking when he's doing all that stuff. But yeah, Tim Payne's got the best banter. Burns is just uh, think before think he before he speaks. Yeah. yeah, and then not speak. Like a few of us. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's it. We'll let you rest and recover that thumb. Thanks, mate. Thank you. And thank you very me. much for being on the summer. We've given great insight to our fans, so appreciate it. Too easy. Thanks, Sam. All right. That's it for this week's episode of the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Mastercard. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe uh, on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back to talk all things BBL and Australia's ODI Tour of India. But until then, for all your breaking news, live scores, and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.